From St. Ignace, along Michigan's southern Upper Peninsula coast, to Ontonagin, and from Houghton, Michigan, along the northern coastline, stretching back to Drummond Island, there was a silence that made one wonder exactly what was going on in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. There were few signs of life except for the stray dog or cat and an occasional deer or coyote sighting. Few signs, that is, except for the many construction teams spread out along the exterior UP near the Great Lakes, Superior, Huron, and Michigan. As for common people, there were none. The towns all across Michigan's beautiful Upper Peninsula were deserted. A nuclear war, a famine, perhaps a debilitating killer virus. Nobody was quite sure yet, many agreed, that it was complete and utter disrespect of the beauty that permeated the area. The Canadian helicopter pilot and his two passengers flew across Manistique, headed toward Ishpeming and beyond. There were no signs of human occupation. A year earlier, the residents had been bought out by the government and moved to other areas of the USA. Despite some detractors, the government was successful as they paid generously for the property and relocating of the citizens. The people were essentially given offers they couldn't refuse, as not accepting would mean being moved forcefully and without compensation. As the helicopter bore to the right toward Ishpeming, the reality of what was happening began to dawn on each of the four people aboard. Though no one spoke of it in the chopper itself, it was a remarkable sight. What they witnessed from the windows of the copter left all the men inside with their mouths wide open and their disbelief hovering at a new level of horror. They couldn't yet see the entire extent of the walled and barbed-wired structure, but they were dumbstruck by what was happening to this once wonderful tourist attraction and vacation destination in Michigan. The construction wasn't complete, the brick wall rose fifteen feet in the air, and thus far had stretched from St. Ignace west along the southern border of the UP, and all the way to the small town of Marinette, which sat along the Wisconsin-Michigan border. To the east and north, the wall stretched from St. Ignace up to Sault Ste. Marie, and then extended along the northern border all the way to near the tip of the Kiwana Peninsula. A 15-foot brick wall, along with about 35 additional feet of barbed wire, stretched three-quarters of the way around the upper peninsula. The pilot of the copter and his three passengers had seen enough and bore left toward Thunder Bay, the town the Canadian reporters had flown out of three hours earlier. They all knew that the UP was off-limits from 2045 to 2050, and they knew that entering the airspace was a violation according to the United States government. Not deterred, the three reporters talked the pilot into the trek 
with the lure of $10,000 tax-free. Greed won over, and off they went. This pilot was confident that he could maneuver the flight plan to avoid detection. He also had the best in radar technology and was small enough to avoid discovery, or so he thought. All the men heard it at the same time. The roar of a sonic boom seemed to come from behind them. They looked up and down, side to side, and saw nothing. The men, nearing Lake Superior, hoped that it was simply a sound from a passing airliner, but knew it was unlikely in restricted airspace. The pilot agreed with the men's assessment to give them some comfort, but knew in his heart what was happening. He suspected that the Army jets had found him and 